At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Happy Monday. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Had so much fun on the live stream last Friday. So many great questions and conversation. And I've actually been spending the weekend kind of looking at how valuable it is to have dialogue and have conversation. And that's something I'm really finding with the live stream. So if you haven't had a chance to tune into a live stream yet, come join me this Friday, 11 a.m. I'd love to see you there. You can join me on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever you prefer. And we'll be talking more about sort of our theme for the next few weeks, weeks, (laughs) which is around conversion rate optimization, marketing optimization, and also understanding, we're going to start talking about this today, how to build curiosity. So this was something that I really struggled with for a long time. I was kind of sitting there going like, how do I say like everything I need to say so that people know enough about me so that they want to buy from me? You know, like how do I write the perfect LinkedIn profile where people just see everything they need to see and they're like, I need to get on a call with Lauren. And what I've started to realize as we've been talking through this conversion rate optimization kind of topic and what we started talking about on Friday is that it doesn't really need to work like that. So I'm going to be sharing on Wednesday this week, I'm going to be sharing an interview I actually recently did with Suzanne Chadwick. Suzanne is a brand coach, a speaking coach, has such a bubbly, amazing personality. And we talk about brand psychology. And one of the things we're talking about is the importance of building curiosity and creating this connection with your audience. I'm going to be sharing that this Wednesday. And today I'm going to sort of provide the filler between last week's episode on Friday and this week's episode on Wednesday. So what we're talking about today is after you've gone and sort of had a bit of a look at how people are behaving when it comes to your content, we're going to have a look at, well, where do you go from there? What do you do from there? So if you remember back to Friday, I sort of talked about the different things that I had looked at for my uh, users, like people who come into contact with me, where they were generally learning about me from, where they generally went to from there. And I talked about looking at your Google Analytics and kind of starting to look at the behavior flow. What are people clicking on from where to what? Um, So that's a really good thing to do. And I'm still going to put together a more instructional video on how to do that, but that's not really what Monday Motivation episodes are about. So today is about providing you with those actions that you need to take so that you can figure out, okay, like, How do I start getting some runs on the board like now? I want to talk about quick wins this week, quick wins of things that you can optimize that's going to help you start getting people to move down the funnel uh, rather than just focusing on building uh, brand awareness through content you're putting out on social media and things like that. 
Before we move on to sort of the main part of the episode today, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit the like button if you can, or as you continue to watch, if you're not sure whether or not you like it yet, as you continue to watch, if you like it, please hit the like button and leave a comment here as well. If you're listening to this on the podcast, have a think about who you can share this with, who would really benefit from it. And if you haven't had a chance to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts yet, and you're a listener on Apple Podcasts, would really appreciate a positive rating and review. If you want to go the extra step to support the show, you can head over to my Kofi page. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. So on Friday, and if you hadn't had a chance to have a look at the Friday episode yet, I'll make sure I put a link to that here on YouTube in the cards and obviously on the show description as well. But we were kind of working through like, okay, so I said like a lot of people come and find out about me through one of my videos on YouTube that's really popular. So how do I kind of take people on a journey that allows them to get to know me and move them towards conversion if they're interested? And what I started to identify was what are those kind of key touch points? Like how do I know whether or not what I'm sending is actually helping me to filter out the right people? to make sure that the right people are getting in touch with me. Because one thing that I've talked about on the show before is my nightmare is getting this massive leads list of people that aren't interested in speaking to me, that aren't interested in what I do, that don't even really remember who I am and kind of like, why are you touching base with me? Why are you contacting me, right? That's a waste of my time and their time. It's not a good way to do business. So what I want to be able to identify through the different nurture streams that I create is are people actually ready to buy? Are they interested in buying? Are they the right kind of person for me? How do I do that? So one thing that you need to really look at is what email communication is going out. If you haven't yet got a mailing list, if you haven't yet got a lead magnet, then what we're talking about today might feel a little bit like, well, hang on, I have to get this step right before I get that step right. But what I would rather you think about is to understand the benefits of doing something like email automation, which really drives you to think about, well, what does that mean for the type of lead magnet I need to create? If you're not sure what a lead magnet is, essentially a lead magnet is something that you use to draw people in. So again, it's about building curiosity. You're going to share some sort of piece of value, some resource, some insight that's going to draw people in to go, oh, I, I really want, I really want that free ebook. And I want it enough that I'm going to give you my information, that I'm going to agree to you at the terms of your privacy policy, make sure you have all of that kind of stuff set up. And I'm going to click on this form and I'm going to say, yes, I want this lead magnet enough to allow you to contact me. A lot of people think that's like a no brainer. Oh, well, I'll just like put something out and then people want to download it. But actually you need to think about like this as a product in of itself. This is your sample product and you want the right people to be curious about what it is that you're, uh, that you've created. So for instance, my latest lead magnets called the six interviews every thought leader needs to record. And it's really valuable. I've gotten good feedback. I actually sent the ebook out directly to people who I trust and said, like, what do you guys think of this ebook? And they're like, this is really great. This is a really great resource. And then I started putting it out organically. I've only really promoted it a little bit. And I can see without paying for any advertising, people are coming through. So now I've got to work out, like, are these people the right kind of people to work with me? 
What do they need to know from me? What am I going to do next with them? So again, we want to remember that there's eight touch points on average, maybe there's six, maybe there's nine, depends on your industry. But on average, there's about eight touch points you need to make with your lead, with your audience, with someone in your market before they become a viable sales lead, before they really become someone who's like going to recognize who you are, who's going to remember who you are. I mean, think about yourself, right? Think about when you've been on a, um, when you've, when you found out about a new product, right? You've seen someone advertise on YouTube. You've seen someone advertise on Facebook. Are you going to remember their name and what they do from like seeing them once? No, right? It's probably like three or four times that you're going to at least need to be seeing before you even understand what it is they do. And that's if you're interested in what they do from the outset. So it might take 10 times for some people to be like, oh, like I'm actually interested in what, what you're saying. Where this can get really tricky is that if we're not tracking things right, it can be really hard to like retarget people. It can be really hard to like make sure we're keeping in touch with the people who've already had a sort of starting to get familiar with who we are. So that's what I want to take you through a little bit more today is like, okay, so say someone connects with you on LinkedIn. How do you make sure that now you're starting to build mental availability as in how do you make sure that they're going to start to remember who you are so that when you go and make an offer out there, they're likely to be intrigued enough to want to find out more about that. They're going to trust you enough to be like, well, if you've put an ebook together, it's going to be good. And it's going to be good enough for me to sign up for that ebook. And then it's going to be good enough for me to actually open your emails. And it's going to be good enough for me to jump on a call with you. So how do we build that curiosity over time? Well, what we need to do is we need to, it always goes back to this, right? We really, really, really need to put ourselves in our customers' shoes. And this is why people talk about getting like laser focused on who exactly it is that you're targeting really understand their mindset because if you're not completely understanding where they're coming from, what they've tried, what they're seeing out in market, if you don't know that kind of stuff, then everything you say to them is kind of going to be like, it's just too general. It's too general to speak to them. It's too general for them to be interested. So you have to really know like what sort of problems is this person facing? So if you're not sure about that, make sure you go back to my empathy map episode again. I'll put that in the cards up here, wherever that is. And I'll make sure I also link it in the description as well. Once you have that really clear idea of who that person is, that's who you have to talk to. What I find a super easy way to do this is, is I think about one client that I've had that I really loved working with. I think about that person, what they're going through, what they find hard, what sort of questions they ask me, what barriers they have. I just think about that one person. And often when you think about one person, it's a lot easier than trying to think about a group of people. If you think about talking to that one person, this is why I like the interviewing way of doing storytelling. Because if I can understand what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to say to your client, then I become the representation of that client. And I'm going to start to ask you those questions that that client would ask you so that you have an opportunity to engage with them. 
I'm going to be sharing some really cool stuff in the coming weeks about how that works from a neuroscience perspective as well, because what we know is that we actually need to really get on the same wavelength as our audience to connect with them, to build community, to create something of value. And so conversation is a much easier way to do that than just like speaking down into a microphone, like what I'm doing now. This is, this is a harder thing to do than when I'm on a podcast show and someone asks me a bunch of questions and I go, oh yeah, okay, like that's your audience. Cool. I can speak to that. I can speak to those problems. So if you think about that particular person, what sort of questions have they asked? What sort of things, if you wanted to get them curious, if you were having a conversation with them, What sort of things would you say to them to get them to respond? So one thing that I actually find quite interesting is like looking at the questions people ask in comments on posts. So if I see someone post something in a Facebook group I'm part of, I look at like what are people asking them in response to what they've said? And it's much better if you write something that's going to get questions than if you write something that's like completely self-explanatory and does everything, right? We want engagement. So we want people to be coming back to us and going, oh, but what about this situation? If we cover everything, if we lay everything out like end to end, here's exactly what I do, here's exactly how it's done, here's exactly what you'll achieve, and there's no room for curiosity, and we're not likely to get people to sort of start to go down the rabbit hole with us. We want to invite people to come to our website, to download our ebook, to read our emails, right? So a really simple way to do that is by asking a question. If you can ask a question that someone wants answered, you're going to draw them into clicking on your post, right? How do you figure out what the best way is to take your marketing to the next level? Oh, I want to know about that. If someone wants to know about it, they're going to click on the post. Okay, I know this, in a way, it's interesting because it kind of sounds simple. I think what can happen is it sounds so simple that we don't do it. We kind of do the things that we, we kind of can overcomplicate it. So when we imagine having a conversation with someone, we, we, people are generally pretty good at having conversations with people. So if you imagine what you would actually say to someone to get them to engage, to pique their interest, that's what you need to be doing. So how do you then, if you're building curiosity, how do you then actually make sure that people are, you're you're following up in the right place, that you're saying the right thing at the right time, depending on where they go? So again, this is why I think something like email automation can be really, really valuable because what you can do is you can kind of work out, okay, they downloaded this particular resource, they've indicated these particular things. Therefore, what I need to do from here is I need to start to converse with them in relation to the thing that they've done, the action that they've taken. Then I'm going to invite them to take another action. If they take that action and I can track that, then I can put another message out. Oh, okay. I saw that after you downloaded the ebook, then you went over to register your interest in my content hackathon, in, in my case, in my business, right? Okay, so you've registered your interest for a content hackathon. So now you're actually looking at my products. Now you're kind of like, oh, I'm curious about the packages that you sell. So this is a really good time for me to say to you, hey, you know what's best? Let's just jump on the phone and have a chat. Let's just have a chat. I'll get to know you. You get to know me. You can tell me about what you're going through. And we'll go from there. But what I see a lot of people do is they go like, book in a strategy call with me here. And it's like, I don't know who you are. I'm not interested in what you do. Why would I book in a strategy call? 
where if we're inviting people at the right time, it's like, oh, okay, I know, I know who you are. I'm, I'm happy to have a strategy call with you. I want to put some caveats in that though, because what I also see people doing is sort of like forcing you sometimes to go down a particular funnel journey where you're like, that actually might not be the journey you want to go on. So for instance, what I see a lot of people do is they go like, well, if you want to take the next step with me, you have to go and watch this webinar. You have to watch this webinar. If you don't want to watch this 45 minute webinar, see you later. Not interested. And that's their process. That can work. But for me, I'm like, you're just excluding a bunch of people like unnecessarily. Like I wouldn't, I don't sit down and watch a lot of 45 minute webinars. I think I've done it like twice and I will like probably not do it again. Unless it's like you can build my interest so much, which is really, really hard. You have to be a really good copywriter to really build interest in webinars. I'm like, I'm just too time poor. The thing is, is a lot of people who are time poor are actually the people who may need your services, right? Like if you're a life coach, if you're a business coach, people who are time poor are the people you want to connect with. And you're kind of going, well, unless you go and do this activity, I'm not going to go further with you. We can't, we can't have this conversation. So you want to look at other things that you can do. I think it's really important you don't filter people out based on whether or not they want to now dedicate the next hour of their life to you. What I think you want to look at is more, okay, I'm going to give you some options to go on this journey with me. It's a bit choose your own adventure, but then I'm going to track what sort of actions you take so I know what sort of person you are. So for instance, I send people an email that's like, hey, I saw that you registered your interest in my content hackathon. Uh, here's a video that would be really good for you to watch to understand more about how I work. Or if you prefer to read, here's my ebook. Just go check that out. And then I track their behavior. So I go, did that person press play on the video or did they go and download the ebook? Because for me, I'll go download the ebook like 100%. I'd much rather read something then go and watch a video. But I know a lot of people like video content. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to exclude people based on, well, unless you want to read this, we can't do business. I'm giving them different options. So I think that's really important. The other thing that's really important is to not cater so much to everyone that you lose specificity. So I talked about this a little bit before. Well, one of the things that I keep seeing is that people kind of and I did this as well, it's like you're trying to please everyone. And so in the way that you nurture people, like in that email stream or in your LinkedIn messages, it's like too general. So instead of actually responding as yourself in the LinkedIn message, or instead of being like, well, once I take this action in my email nurture stream, then I'm actually personally going to get in contact with them one-on-one. It's like it's generalized to the point where anyone who was warm actually becomes disinterested in again, disinterested in it, disinterested in it again. <laughs> so if they, they were warm at one point and they were showing actions that's like this person's interested, they're down the rabbit hole, they're kind of like ready to go. And then it's like, then you send them this really like general message. You've lost them. I've seen so many people do that on LinkedIn where I've been like, oh yeah, tell me more. And then it's like, because they don't want to have a personal conversation with me and put effort into the conversation, they lose me. And I'm like, I was willing, I was willing to invest. You've lost me now because I can find other people to do what you do. So now I'm, I'm going to go, I'm still going to go and look for this service, but just not with you now. So you lose that person to your competitor because now they're aware of that product or service. Like, oh, actually I need help with that. 
but you just didn't personalize it at the right time. So how do you work out when to put the effort in, right? Like how do you work out, oh, should I be doing this now? Should I be doing this, you know, down the track? Well, this comes down to sort of like your sales qualified and your marketing qualified leads. So this is like sales as a science kind of system. And I'll put some links in here if you want to check that out more. There's some really cool stuff out there and resources out there on this. But essentially what you want to do is you want to look at, okay, at what point am I considering this person a marketing qualified lead? So a marketing qualified lead is where we're saying your market, those touch points that you put in your marketing have worked to get that person to a point where they want to have some sort of value exchange. And usually that's going to be, I'll give you my email or I'll connect with you on LinkedIn and ask you a question about your services. That's a good indication of like this person has been seeing my marketing stuff for a while and now it's time to put a little bit more effort into this engagement. So if that person is on email, probably know what I'm going to say, right? Like if they've signed up to a lead magnet, again, we want to look up what's that nurture stream, what's some actions that we can put in front of them to start to see if they're really interested or if it's sort of like, you know, maybe they're a competitor, they've just downloaded our ebook because they want to see what we're up to. Maybe they're someone who's like completely forgotten about and just thought it looked interesting at the time, right? So we want to say, did they open up my emails? Did they take other actions? If they didn't, I, cool, I'm just going to put them on like a regular newsletter that I send out once a week and just leave them there. And when they're ready, if they become ready at some point, they know who I am and they can reach out to me, but they're not a sales qualified lead yet. They're a marketing qualified lead. So they're people that we want to kind of nurture. And now we want to figure out whether or not we can put a salesperson on this. So a sales qualified lead is where we start to say, oh, there's buying signals here. This person has actually registered their interest. This person hasn't just connected with me on LinkedIn. They've actually said to me, hey, love what you're doing would be great to chat. Or, hey, love what you're doing, what got you into this? Or looking forward to seeing more content or love your content, right? Okay, this actually, this person could become a prospect. So they're the people that we want to spend more time focusing in on. Now, the tool I use is ActiveCampaign. ActiveCampaign is the way that I track everything that's going on with my contacts when it comes to engagement when it comes to working out is this person a marketing qualified lead are they a sales qualified lead I think it's a great tool I think it's so great that I'm a partner and an affiliate with active campaign so if you want to find out more about that and also this would help support this show whether you're watching this on YouTube or um, you're listening to this is you can check out the link in the description just know that if you click that link and then you go ahead and decide to purchase that I would get reimbursed for some of that for you deciding to do that through me. So um, I, I benefit. I want to make that that sort of clear. Um, but I really like Active Campaign. I tried a bunch of things. I tried HubSpot and I've also tried Marketo like in different roles that I've had. I've played around with lots of different things. There was another one, I think it's like Autopilot or something. Um, Active Campaign by far has been my favorite. I think it's relatively affordable and it's really, really effective in helping you understand like, okay, this is what's going on behavior wise with my customers. Now is the right time for me to reach out and actually start to invest in this from a sales perspective. So I'm a really, really big fan of that. But like I said, what we want to do throughout that journey is we want to keep building curiosity. So what can you send that's going to engage that person? And for me, what I find is that because I've created so much content, 
then what I can do is look back and go, what was most popular? What did people like the most? And so what's what's the most um, – I talked last week about sort of vi- being viral, like how viral something is and how relevant something is. So that's kind of like this matrix. You want to look for stuff that's highly relevant and also the most viral of that content. So it kind of sits at the top of that matrix. If you imagine like a plane like this, if you're listening to this, essentially I'm just doing x-axis, y-axis, and where you have both high relevance and high virality, that's where you want to um, focus your content. So that content is going to be the content you can start to use to feed into your active campaign automation. Is research that shows that people are much more likely to convert when you create a triggered email automation series than when you just send out a newsletter. So a newsletter can be good for like, I'm just going to keep these people informed. If you go and have a look at my key stakeholder mapping um, video, if you understand those kind of quadrants of the key stakeholders, these key stakeholders that you kind of like, look, I just want to send them a newsletter once a week, they kind of got like some interest they have like, or they might have high interest, but they don't have a lot of influence. They're kind of the people that you're like, look, I just want to keep them informed, but like they're not necessarily ever going to convert, but at least they know I'm there if they ever need me. The people that are like really highly engaged and they're likely to be your best next customer, that's where you want to focus so much more of your attention. So having five calls a week with people who you're like, they're highly likely to convert because I've seen them do this, this, and this. They've looked at my content. They've reached out to me. They've messaged me. They've done all these things. We need to jump on a phone call. Like that's where you want to spend your time. You don't want to spend your time with a massive long leads list of people, again, who might not even remember who the hell you are. So Active campaign, go check it out if you like. Like I said, I'm an affiliate, just know that. Um, I think it's awesome. I think it's a really, really great tool. We're going to talk a little bit more about how you can use a tool like Active Campaign or other systems that are similar to make sure that you're starting to streamline those journeys so that you can engage with customers the right way. If you enjoyed this episode and you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe to my channel. On my podcast, again, if you are not subscribed yet, make sure you hit the subscribe button. You can also head over to growyourbrand.com.au to sign up for my newsletter. Um, That's a once a week thing where I send out my latest episodes so you can keep up to date with everything that's going out. I'll be back on Wednesday with Suzanne Chadwick and we're going to be talking more about curiosity and building that connection with your customers. I hope you have a fantastic week. Until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.